in this annual celebration of the Solemnity of All Saints, uh, the church is celebrating and observing the sanctity of those souls who have lived life in Christ well. Throughout the calendar of the church's year, we have different feast days of individual saints. Uh, And so we already celebrate their birthday into heaven. Of course, we can't celebrate all of them, presumably the number so many. We don't have enough calendar days to do that. And so today is a bit of a catch-all, celebrating all the saints, those we know, but also those whose names we do not know, for we do not presume to know every saint uh, who has lived well life in Christ and has made it to the glory of heaven. And while we celebrate all the saints as persons who have lived well their call in Christ to be holy, we can even observe that today's solemnity is a bit broader still. And we can say that what we are observing today and celebrating today is really one of the marks, the defining marks, the defining characteristics of the church. We believe that the church that Christ established and founded can be identified by four distinctive marks, and we say this belief all the time in the creed, that part where we say, I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Those four marks are the distinctive characteristics of the church established by Christ. And so we can say that today's solemnity is about observing that mark of the holiness of the church. And it's my opinion, I think it could be argued at least, that that particular mark of the four, that the church is holy, is perhaps it's safe to say the one of the four that is the most dependent on us, on you and me. I say that because the mark of the apostolic nature of the church really isn't all that dependent on us. The church was established by Christ on the apostles and their successors. You and I weren't apostles and we're not their successors. So it doesn't really depend a whole lot on us, though we rely on that mark of the church. That the church is Catholic, that it includes the whole of the world and all of what Christ taught, in a certain sense, really doesn't depend on us either. Yes, we make up that mark. We make up the identifying characteristic of a universal church, but it doesn't really depend on us so much. The oneness of the church, okay, there's a little bit of an argument to be made there to maintain unity with Christ's church is something that is dependent on us, but I think it's that mark of the holiness of the church that really is the most dependent, if we want to say that, uh, on us. And what I mean by that is that whether the church is seen as holy, she in fact is quite independent of whether you and I are, but whether she is seen as holy in the world around us and by those in this world really does depend in large part on us. We have that image that was given to us for this solemnity of the vision of St. John, who was privileged to see a vision of heaven, where he saw countless angels, where he saw the, the elders and the living creatures gathered around God's throne, where he saw the servants of God and the numerous number, 144,000 marked from every tribe of the children of Israel and the great multitude that no one could count. We might ask ourselves, since the church is the fulfillment of Israel, and since St. John sees this vision of heaven, of the numerous multitude coming from all the children of Israel, how will this vision of St. John be fulfilled? 
And I suggest that takes us right back to the mark of the holiness of the church and how our cooperation with God's grace to, in fact, grow in holiness and be holy, to live that proper mark of the church and that proper mark of the Christian, is how that vision will be fulfilled. It is certainly already fulfilled in those lives of saints who have gone before us, those names we know and the names we don't know. Yet that question of the holiness of the church is very much a present question for us in our time and relies heavily on our response to the call of God. The holiness of the church is one of the identifying characteristics of the church the Lord established. We can certainly say that there is no doubt about the holiness of the church from the perspective of her founder. He is God. God the Son is holy. No one would really question that. And from that perspective, the church is holy because he has established her. He has sacrificed his life to make everything possible for her holiness. Yet from the perspective of you and I as members of the church, members of the body of Christ, that holiness is still very much a dynamic issue, one that is visible more or less depending on how you and I are living the life of grace. And so as we celebrate the solemnity of all saints and think of the countless numbers of examples and models for us in the faith, those we celebrate, the names we know, of course, but also including the names we don't know, as we consider how we profess our faith time and time again, that I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, we should ask ourselves how we will help that vision of St. John be fulfilled that a great multitude of holy ones, servants of our God, will be gathered around the throne and around the Lamb. The good news is that responding to that call to holiness is possible. God has made it so. The Son of God has laid down his life in payment for our sins. He has redeemed us and offered us salvation and offered us life with him in grace to sustain us now that we might grow in relationship with him in prayer, in faith, in service to others. He has given us the sacraments, those holy gifts that strengthen our life here, that place his very life and power within us if we will rely upon them faithfully and regularly, seeking to be healed of our sin in confession, being nourished by the gift of the Lord's real presence in the Holy Eucharist. These gifts with our striving to respond to the call to holiness, make it possible for the church to be seen in our time more as she truly is, that is holy. It is a charge that comes to us to live what we profess, I believe, in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. And it is a charge that we can respond to with hope because God himself has already made this possible if we will seek to lay down our lives of sin and the ways in which we separate ourselves from him and the holiness proper to his church and live more greatly that relationship that he has presented before us, that like so many before us in human history who have known well the weaknesses of human flesh and our human nature but who have responded to the call of Christ, we too can be part of that grand throng, that pilgrimage, that procession, that makes its way to heaven, some of whom ahead of us have already made it there. But we know ourselves to be no less part of that procession just because we're further down the line. 
And we trust that those who have gone before us and who have already made it there are also no less interested in our presence in that procession, praying for us, supporting us by their example, and urging us on to victory. That in our lives, the mark of the church might be seen, by which those around us in a world darkened by sin, darkened by so much evil, might see the light of Christ in us and might come to join themselves to Christ and profess with us, I believe, in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church.